notice as we were playing, I was just like, man, God's doing incredible things across our movement, across Elam Christian Centre, uh, and we're just so excited to partner with what God's doing. Next Sunday, as it was mentioned, is our mission offering and Pastor Shane's induction into the city campus. So please keep those two things in prayer as we prepare for that as well. Well, who's ready for God's Word this morning? We say that again. Who's ready for God's Word this morning? All of you are still tired from last night's win, hey? All right, we're going to be continuing this morning. In fact, you can go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back uh, because you have made it, church, to week eight of our eight-week series titled Blessed. So go ahead, give yourself a bit of a pat on the back. Um, so over the eight, last few weeks, we as a church have been unpacking Jesus' mis- message from the Sermon on the Mount. And what we found was within it, we find Jesus takes us on a journey into some countercultural ideas of what it means to live a blessed life. We've learned that this word blessed is the word makarios, and it is a state of our hearts and minds that regardless of our circumstances, our possessions, or our status, is the deep joy of the Lord which sustains us and keeps us in this blessed place. And so this morning, I have the privilege of reading over all those Beatitudes again. And so you can sit back in your chair as we look at this together. It's in your notes on the app, or you can follow along on the screen as well. We're going to be reading from the Amplified Translation, Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 3. Blessed, spiritually prosperous, happy to be admired are the poor in spirit, those devoid of spiritual arrogance, those who regard themselves as insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven both now and forever. Blessed, forgiven, refreshed by God's grace are those who mourn over their sins and repent, for they will be comforted when the burden of sin is lifted. Blessed, inwardly peaceful, spiritually secure, worthy of respect are the gentle, the kind-hearted, the sweet-spirited, the self-controlled, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed, joyfully nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who actively seek right standing with God, for they will be completely satisfied. Everyone take a breath. Blessed, content, sheltered by God's promise of the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed, anticipating God's presence, spiritually mature, are the pure in heart, those with integrity, who do not lift their hearts to another with moral courage and godly character, for they will see God. Blessed, spiritually calm with life, joy, and God's favor, are the makers and maintainers of peace, for they will express his character and be called the sons of God. God bless the reading of his word this morning. You know, I love the Beatitudes in the Amplified Translation because I don't know if you noticed as we read through that, but each Beatitude seems to build on the foundation of the last. It's in embracing and embodying these countercultural ideas laid out by Jesus himself that we live the blessed life. And then Jesus wraps up all these Beatitudes with this final thought, and he labors mostly on this Beatitude. Beatitude number eight, Matthew chapter five, verse 10 and onwards, it says this, blessed, comforted by inner peace and God's love are those who are persecuted for doing that which is morally right, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven both now and forever. Blessed, morally courageous, and spiritually alive with life, joy, and God's goodness are you when people insult you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you because of your association with me. Be glad and exceedingly joyful, for your reward in heaven is absolutely inexhaustible, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. In other words, this morning, it's almost like Jesus is sticking a disclaimer to the rest of these Beatitudes. 
See, what Jesus is telling us this morning is that if you're to live out these Beatitudes, if you're to abide by the principles which lead to righteous living, if you're to live the blessed life, then expect, friend, and anticipate to be met with persecution. So you need to know today that persecution, friend, is part of the package. You know, I remember being a very zealous Christian in high school. I used to preach him and I stood for my faith. I'd preach him during the lunch breaks. I would even write altar calls at the end of every assignment. And I remember one time asking the teacher, I went to her and I said, would you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? She looked at me and laughed and she said, Kaylin, I believe in science. And so I made it my mission to win that teacher to the Lord. So I remember at the end of that particular assignment after that day, I started writing and I wrote at the end of my assignment, what is the point of learning any of this? What's the point of trying to make a difference in this world if not for God? See, I wrote there, if I, you're telling me after an hour of worth of lecture that if I was to die today, I would cease existing in that very moment. What's the point of trying to make a difference in this world? Why try? And then I wrote, I try because I know the hope of the person of Jesus Christ, that in the beauty of what he's created, I am a steward of all of this. I believe in science. Come on, somebody, because I believe in Jesus. There it is. You can go ahead and give that a clap as well. You know, that teacher would consistently interrupt every sentence of her entire lecture of the day to remind anyone that if you had an ounce of religious idea in your mind, then forget about it. You're not welcome in her class. In fact, she would, every time I'd walk into the class, she'd call me the Jesus freak and announce my entry and attempt to belittle Jesus and my faith. And now the good news is, as I kept going through those motions, uh, she ended up giving me a space at every uh, lecture for five minutes at the beginning of every class to explain why, how God fit into that lecture. Come on, somebody. But, you know, throughout all of college, man, you just love to clap. You can clap for that as well. But, you know, throughout college, friend, I was persecuted openly for my faith. Now, persecution didn't look like the extreme outworkings of being martyred or beheaded. Now, those are forms of persecution. But understand today that persecution takes on many forms. And in fact, I want to define this morning what persecution is by first helping you understand what persecution is not. So you've got to understand today, friend, persecution is not your boss giving you a bit of a performance review and you not liking what they're saying, even though you know in your heart that everything that they're saying is true. Persecution this morning is not the lady at the counter who didn't smile at you and had a negative attitude about herself. That's not persecution. Persecution is not your neighbor neglecting to mow that little strip of grass that he just conveniently happened to wander over. You gotta understand today, friend, that persecution is not based on any self-inflicted bad choices or decisions which have led others and caused others to be at odds with you. Friend, that in itself is called foolishness, and I'd encourage you to probably apply wisdom. See, here's what persecution is today. Persecution, Jesus says in our text, is based on righteous living. And he goes on to say, in fact, persecution is a result or a cause of following him. In other words, persecution is part of the package. See, here's what persecution will often attempt to do in your life. Friend, persecution will often attempt to kill your faith, to steal your voice, to destroy your identity and bring you to a place of submission and surrender to ungodly living, ungodly ideologies and agendas. And I'm pretty sure we can all think of things in our life that is happening right now. 
But friend, it all is because of your choice to live righteously. And if you hear me say that and you say, Caleb, that sounds pretty familiar, maybe it's perhaps because the Bible says that the enemy, the thief, he comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. See, persecution is no new, new, new idea. In fact, we see all throughout Scripture those who were persecuted for following and choosing to follow God and to live righteously. So let me ask you this morning, church, have you ever felt this morning like you were belittled by others because of your faith? Have you ever felt this morning like you were down, like you were torn down or insulted because they knew you had Jesus? Have you ever felt this morning like you'd been chased out of places, out of friendships and conversations because they knew you believed in God? Have you ever felt this morning like you had been rejected, teased and mocked because you chose to live by God's standard and principles? Because if you have, then let me tell you this morning, friend, you know what it is to be persecuted. Persecution is part of the package. And so the question we all need to ask ourselves is in the midst of persecution, friend, how do you and I choose to respond? Great question, glad you asked it. First thing you need to know today, that in the midst of persecution, friend, I wanna encourage you to live the truth. Everyone say, live the truth. You know, the most heartbreaking thing for myself and, and Steph happened just last year as parents, uh, when Alia Jane came home from school one day, and she looked at us, she stood in front of us with tears in her eyes and a quiver in her lip, and she stood at us, looked us deep in the eye and said, Mom, Dad, I'm ugly. And you know, I cried, and you can imagine the devastation I felt as those words crippled and absolutely broke our heart. But I realized in that moment, moment two things. Firstly, she was growing up. Secondly, she now had the, the tainted view of herself given by the perception and perspective of the world. And I cried. In fact, I began to weep as I felt the, the heart of God. Because how much must it break the heart of our Heavenly Father when His children define and conform themselves to the standard and the patterns of this world? You know, I love this verse, Romans chapter 12. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, what the scripture is conveying in its use of this word world, it's referring to things which are not of the Lord. What it's referring to is the philosophies and ideas and perspectives that run counter throughout culture that are simply counter to the kingdom. See, we often hear today, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this statement, but a lot of people say, live your truth. Live your truth. You know what they really mean by saying live your truth? What they're really trying to say to you is I'll live my truth. And in fact, friend, you can live your truth as long as your truth is over there in the corner. Because if your truth touches, taints, or changes my view of the truth, then we're gonna have some issues. And church, herein lies the problem because if we both have a version of truth which are conflicting to each other, then one must be a lie. One must be a lie. See, in order for truth to remain truth, then in and of its very nature, truth cannot change. If it changes, friend, let me encourage you today, it's not truth. You know, I'm here to remind someone this morning, John 14, verse six, Jesus says, I'm the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, in an age where culture seems to be trying to change the narratives on identity, of purpose, of success, of love, you need to know today that God's word, friend, never changes. God's standard never changes. God's character, his nature, who he is, he never changes. He's consistent, he's unchanging, he is faithful. He remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this is why, church, 
we can trust Him completely. Can I encourage someone in the room? Don't let the things of this world corrupt your view of the Word. Don't let the things of this world corrupt your view of the Word of God. Let's be a people who choose today to live the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Come on, somebody, it's only in the darkness that the light shines brightest. See, I want to encourage you today, expect to feel an opposition at times to the changing morality of the world. Expect today that you will receive odd looks, insults, and things said about you simply for choosing to follow Jesus. Expect today that society, culture, politics, education will always feel like it's at odds and at war with you. Because, friends, you've got to understand today that it is truly at war with God. In fact, this leads me to my second point this morning, is this, in the midst of persecution, friend, you got to know today, it's not you, it's me. All right, let me make a bit of an embarrassing confession this morning to this room. You know, I love action movies. I love, you know, all those things. I love cars. I'm a bit lying now. But I'm going to make a bit embarrassing confession. I love romance movies. And I love, namely, romance comedy movies, okay? Now, obviously, there's a bit of a disconnect between my love for these movies and my actual life in general because I'm hopelessly unromantic. All right, I remember one day waking up and Steph was asleep. I was scrolling through Facebook and I realized after many moments of scrolling through that thing that it was Valentine's Day. Now I started to stress out and the pressure all came on me. What's going to happen when Steph wakes up and finds out that, I'm not, that I haven't got her or anything? And so I started running around the house looking for anything that I could make a gift out of. Found a couple of odd lollies under the cushion of the couch. I uh, found some coffee sachets in the cupboard. And then I ended up pulling out some roses from our elderly neighbor's house. Don't judge me. I was that desperate. And then I realized it's nine o'clock, Kaylin. You can go down to the warehouse, but you're a bit living that student life. So I went there. I found a clearance bin, and I found this lovely frame, this lovely frame with a random family in it. And I didn't have any time to change that thing, so in fact, we hung that up for the next two years. But you can imagine Steph's reaction as I gave her this gift. Now, I'm glad today that I only spent a couple of nights on the couch, but I'm glad today that she never met me with those words, Kaylin, it's not you, it's me. See, I really believe today, and I really believe this morning that when it comes to persecution, friend, Jesus is encouraging you and I, it's not you, it's me. They aren't persecuting you, friend, for you. They're persecuting you because of your association with me. And I really feel to encourage some people this morning who have found themselves stuck in a place of isolation because you thought that the rejection, you thought that the hurt, you thought that the being overlooked and being excluded was because of you. Friend, break up with that idea today because Jesus is saying, it's not you, it's me. And can I tell you a secret this morning? Jesus is big enough. Friend, he's big enough to take on himself the criticism. He's big enough to take on that heat. He's big enough to take on the insults and the th evil things said about us. And I know this this morning because we serve a God who was big enough to go to the cross and take it all on the stripes of his back. John chapter 16 verse 33 reminds us of this. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Friend, he was big enough to endure that persecution. But do you know the incredible thing about that? Do you know how he chose to respond to the persecutors? Friend, he chose to respond to them in the same way he chooses to respond to you and I.
by extending his grace. See, it's no wonder then this morning why his words to us in the midst of persecution was this. Matthew chapter five, verse 43. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Here's the truth this morning. Friend, if you were never the target, then vengeance does not belong to you, it belongs to God. And here is how God simply tells us as believers, as followers of him, to respond. Pray for those who persecute you. See, under the, understand this morning, friend, it's not you, it's me. In fact, this leads me to my final point if the band could join me. Church, in the midst of persecution, I wanna encourage every single one of us because we can anticipate it, because we can expect that we'll be met with persecution. Friend, here's how we respond. We press on towards the goal. Matthew chapter five, verse 11 and 12. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, when they say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Hear me today, church. For those who choose to live by the Beatitudes, for those who choose to live righteously in this world, for those who choose to follow Jesus, persecution is the result, but it is the kingdom which is your reward. Let me say that again because that preached better than you all looked at me. Hear me today. If you're to live out these Beatitudes, if you're to live these countercultural ideals which Jesus lays out for you, then church, you've got to understand persecution is a result, but it is the kingdom which is your reward. The Apostle Paul, I love, I love the Apostle Paul. He was a man who lived with such conviction to that of his faith in Jesus. In fact, he lives to such a conviction that he says these words to the church in Philippi during a season he was in prison, persecuted for his faith. I love this, Philippians 1 verse 20. I eagerly expect and hope that I'll be in no way be ashamed, but I'll have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in this body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. So which one shall I choose? See, the apostle Paul knew today that his reward was not in the things of this world, it was heavenward. He knew the reality of what it was to have Jesus in his life. And friend, he knew what it was to have Jesus in his next. I'm here to encourage somebody today. Friend, press on towards the goal. Don't shy away from the message of the gospel. Don't shy away today from living righteously in this world. Don't shy away from sharing His Word. Don't shy away from being an example of Christ to this nation. Don't shy away from the vision to reach, serve, and influence our community and beyond. Friend, don't shy away when persecution comes your way because persecution, friend, is part of the package, but it is the kingdom which is your reward, and so we press on towards the goal. See, what do we do today in the midst of persecution? One, we live the truth. Two, we remember it's not us, it's Him. Three, we press on towards the goal. And you need to remember today that you and I, friend, blessed are you in the midst of persecution. We can still live the blessed life when all opposition comes our way, when persecution comes knocking at our door. Persecution, friend, is part of the package. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for this family of believers. God, I pray today in the name of Jesus, Lord, where there's been any hurt, 
or discouragement in this room. God, right now, I declare over the people that they would lift their head to where their help comes from. Lord, I thank you for giving them courage and boldness to proclaim your word. Lord, would we be the hands and feet of Jesus in this earth? Lord, I thank you, O God, that you're in this place and you're moving in our midst. Empower us, encourage us, give us what we need to live this righteous life. Blessed are we, O God, as we live out these countercultural ideas through the Beatitudes we pray in Jesus' name. Still with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Church, we never like to close without giving people an opportunity in the room to say yes to Jesus, to start and begin this relationship with Him, to say yes to Him. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna count down from three and all you need to do is lift your hand nice and high so I know who it is I'm praying for this morning. So you need to know today you were created on purpose for a purpose. You were created for life and life in abundance. You were created for relationship with God. But the reason we don't experience these things, friend, is because of this word called sin. Sin is this, sin is to choose our ways above God's way. Sin is to miss the mark. In fact, the wages or the penalty of this sin is death. Friend, you and I were dead in our sins. But God in His grace and His mercy and in His love, He didn't wanna leave you and I in that place. And so what He did was He sent His Son, Jesus, who lived holy and blamelessly, yet went to the cross to take upon Himself the death that you and I deserved. In fact, the Bible says that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that He is the Lord, that He is our Savior, then we can have forgiveness for our past, a new life today, an eternity with Him in heaven. So here they are, I'm gonna count down from three, and if that's you, would you mind lifting your hand, saying, Kaylin, 